Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Tank Talk. Got a very special episode for you today. An interview with my friend Will Nace that lives down in Southern Florida and literally owns his own zoo. Now it's technically called a sanctuary. He's built it all himself and it is an amazing facility. I definitely encourage you to check it out on YouTube. I will put a link to his channel in the show notes of this episode. It's a fun conversation that I had with him down in Daytona, Florida when we were there for Aquashella and I can't wait to share it with you. But I wanted to talk for a few seconds here about this podcast. My apologies. I have not put up an episode in a couple of weeks, and it's because we've been trying to figure out the best way to do this podcast, and we have figured that out. I'm really excited about what we plan to do for an episode each week. It is going to involve our live stream on YouTube, which we will then edit and make available as an audio podcast, and we'll take out all of the things that you're really not going to want to listen to. We will just upload the meat and potatoes of each episode. And I think it's going to turn out to be something very nice for you. So that's all being done right now. So we will have an episode for you every single week. If you are someone who's a follower of the YouTube channel as well as the podcast, you'll see that our live streams will be done live on YouTube. And then one week later, those will upload onto the audio podcast. Gives me the time to go through it and, and edit each episode and then put it out for you the following Thursday. So that's it. That's what we're doing with the podcast. Very excited about it. And there's nothing really more to say about that. Sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Will Nace. This was a lot of fun to do. So I hope you enjoy it. So we are officially recording here now from Aquashella, Daytona. There's music in the background that's going to get me demonetized, but who cares? I'm sitting here with Will Nace, a guy that's never, you've never made an appearance on my channel before. Actually, I have quite a few times. Every time I hop on your channel, you guys always talk about me and that's everything true. we're doing. That's true. <laughs> we are huge fans of yours. I mean, you haven't been in any of my videos or anything like that physically been no. in my videos. You've been there in spirit and you've been in the uh, <laughs> chats. But folks, you, you may not, because he is from the reptile world, you may not have seen him. But this young man here, who I have children that are the same age as him, <laughs> owns a zoo. It's technically a sanctuary, but yeah, I call it a zoo. He calls it a zoo, so I call it a zoo. <laughs> it's a zoo. He owns a zoo. And that is, that's what I want to talk about today. Oh man. Well, if anybody's ever thinking about opening a sanctuary or zoo, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it because my gosh. So the whole reason we started this was because I've worked for so many people in the private sector of zoos. Um, people that are pretty well known around the world because of certain TV shows during COVID. Uh -huh. um, so. And you know, working for people in the private sector, it's it's great because the pay is better than your normal big AZA zoos and stuff like that. But 
Regardless, you're still working for somebody and you don't own those animals. And it sucks for the fact that you can very simply spend a year and a half with an animal and then the next day they're like, hey, your animal's going to a different facility and all that time you just spent with it was basically wasted. That hurts. So I got tired of that. Um, I wanted to be able to control the animals that I work with. So I decided we decided to move basically by the property we did and uh, we decided to go the nonprofit route just because all of our money all of it goes towards <laughs> animals already. So, um, and now we've been building for, it's been about a year and a half I've been building nonstop, literally every single day. Well, and it's super impressive. I mean, I, I follow along. You haven't been uploading as much lately. Trying to, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. We need to talk about that, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it's impressive what you've done. How many acres is your property? Uh, we're only an acre and a half. Okay. That's it. But, uh, we have, a dedicated um it's just shy of half of that to the nonprofit. so it's it's literally like i have a a six foot wooden privacy fence that separates the zoo side from like our you know our kids playground area and stuff in the back of the house um and then we have you know a reptile building and everything too but it's yeah it's it's a good stuff for what we want to do we want to stay small i don't want to become huge like yes eventually i'd like to buy the five acre lot next to us with the nonprofit, um, but again, that's you know that's the ten-year plan if possible. So, and watch somebody come in, swoop in, and buy it at the last minute. I know. That well, it was last bought in 2018, so our fingers are crossed. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty sure your most viral video is the baby cobra video. Still, it's still going, still going. It's an incredible video. Talk talk about that. He owns cobras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. So No, I have quite a few Cobras. So, yeah, I did, when I first started YouTube, I did a very similar video. Uh, it was, I think, named something a little slightly different, but the profile, pic, or the thumbnail was relatively the same. Um, but that video had hit, like, I want to say it was 2 mil or 3 mil or something like that. This video is... Which is a good... I think the last time I checked it, which was about a month ago, it was pushing 7 mil. And it's still like... Uh, even when I upload a fresh video for the first two days, I still am getting comments on that video over my new video post. Wow. Yeah, 7 million. It's just insane to me. But um, yeah, Baby Cobras, they're little not smart dangerous noodles that don't even know how to open their mouth yet so you can practically do anything with them um so it's kind of funny i there was parts that i filmed that didn't end up in that video um i had them on my chest for a while i don't think i'm i might have put that in the video i don't i haven't even watched it <laughs> that was literally a year ago i put that and it's still skyrocketing so um but yeah i mean they just they, they don't bite they don't know how yet after like three or four days then they start learning but like that first day or two they don't even know how you know i'm gonna say this with all due respect you know i love you you know i'd do anything for you it's a good thumbnail but it's not even the best thumbnail i've ever seen you know what i'm saying it's the title it's the title too it's not a bad thumbnail but it's like wait a minute like I don't know. It, it surprises me. Usually, you see a video with 7 million views. It's got like some kind of spectacular oh, yeah. thumbnail. And that one is, it looks like a frame from the video. Yeah. And I'm like, look at Will go. How about yeah. that? 
but it's very cool. I'm super happy. You know, for it's you. funny because I had uh, I posted a reel too. I took it down at five ten minutes after I posted it just because of the laws here in Florida. Um, oh. But literally, like, yeah, it was it was almost as bad as as that whole video. <laughs> there, I, actually, though, let me rephrase that. The worst clips from the video that didn't make it in the video ended up in the reel, and that's why everybody was. As soon as I posted it, people started texting me, "You should take that down. You should take that down. You should not have it up." And I was like, "Ah, oh, they're kind of right." Even people from out of state that don't know our laws were like, "You should probably take that down." So I did. Well, <laughs> speaking of laws, you know, you're a young guy. You're going to inspire young people. I'm sure you, I'm not saying you're going to, you, I'm sure do inspire young people. Opening a zoo or a sanctuary is not just a matter of buying a bunch of animals and having them in your yard, I, yeah. I would imagine. So talk about what somebody has to go through to do that whole thing. I, I guess it's different depending on the animal, but. Yeah, I mean, it's. So every animal is different, of course, but it's like, so I have, as crazy as it sounds, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 33 years old. My parents had exotic animals growing up. Uh, my dad was into exotic hoofstock. My mom was into exotic birds. So I've literally been dealing with exotic animals my entire life. Um, it grew into a passion after I turned 21 more. I started working at a different sanctuary um, down south, but I mean, I have acquired so much knowledge over my entire life on different animals. So it's like, not only do you want to give them the best care, but you also want to give them the best enrichment, you know, the best caging you possibly can. Like our fox cage is huge. Our fox cage is literally, what did I, what did I make? I made it 15 deep by, I think 40 long by 10 high. Wow. But then there's different levels and platforms all over it. I built them, I call it the pirate lookout, but in the, on the center post, I built like a round deck, like a, what are they called? The bird's nests on the pirate ships, right? Nice. Or, or, or the crow's nest. That's what it is, right, crow's right. nest. So I built them basically one of those, and that's their favorite spot to hang out. All five foxes will sit on that one little three foot round. It's the funniest little thing, but yeah, so like. Are those the foxes that you've been trying to convince my wife for several years to, to take, take on? One? Yes, they're all rescues and you know, they, they <laughs> <laughs> listen, do you know how expensive a fox feeding bill gets? I can imagine. <laughs> Every day, they, each one has to eat a pound a day. Ooh. At least, at least a pound a day. Ouch. So, I mean, we do have other sanctuaries that have contracts um, with like Walmart and other big name stores that once they can't sell the meat legally, they'll come and collect it. We don't have enough carnivores to be able to do that yet. So we kind of mooch off of our friends sanctuaries that do that, nice. which is nice. It saves us a lot of money and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, experience is a huge thing when it comes to all this. I mean, you know, again, my raccoon cage, I'm building very, very tall. Cause a lot of people only in Florida see raccoons run across the ground, but they love to climb. They sleep up in trees and things like that. So, you know, my raccoon cage is 12 feet tall. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work doing everything we're doing, particularly during summer when it's 112 degrees out, but <laughs> I mean, it's worth it in the long run. I mean, I can't complain about any of it, but I mean, any young kid that wants to even just get into animals, the best thing I can tell you is to go and volunteer at a sanctuary, a nonprofit, cause they, they take in volunteers. Trust me. The work needs to they be done. They <laughs> need volunteers. So that's the best way to get started if you want to get your foot in the door is just go and volunteer. 
like yeah you're gonna work for free for a little bit but most places will see you know if you're a good worker they'll see that you're in it for the animals and they will hire you I mean that's how a lot of people get their jobs at nonprofits and things well and I would imagine with with people like you Paul Cafaro Blake Chandler which I've met some of those guys but I'm sure you know all those guys yeah there's a lot of young people that are like oh, I want to do that like because yeah. All of you guys do such a good job of showing the animals, showing how excited you are, the animals, and, and all of that kind of stuff. But what about, I mean, you can't just go buy a cobra. No. So, do you need like licensing and certifications yeah, and all so that? Yeah, in, so in Florida, you do. There are some states you don't. Pretty sure you're in North Carolina, right? I am. I'm pretty sure you don't need that in North Carolina. You can literally buy a snake in North Carolina without a That permit. would be great if my wife didn't hate snakes. Yeah, I, I know. I'm working on it. I'll, Please. Sometimes, sometimes I'll just send her a little clip. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the baby cobra no, one yeah. is pretty good. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, again, in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is done off of counties. So some counties you need permits for, some you don't need. Like, you can own a tiger in certain parts of Pennsylvania, and you don't need a permit at all. As long as you have the money to buy it, you can buy it. So it, it varies on that aspect. But in Florida, you need um, a 1,000 documented working hours with the animals um, and then two letters of reference from permit holders. So if somebody came and did all their hours under me, they'd get a letter from me, and then I'd have to have a friend come over that also has their permit so they can witness them handle snakes and get a letter from them saying, yes, I've seen this person handle you know, venomous snakes. I feel comfortable with them having their permit. Then they have to send in all that with the application and then hope they get approved. Yeah, it's a very long process. And then pay a huge fee probably too. Uh, it's actually not that bad. Okay. So it's only $100 a year. So in Texas, it's like $25 a year for a hunting permit, and you can own any venomous you want. Wow. Yeah, so I was saying, it's different in every state. Literally, um, you know, if if it's something you want to get into, and I would strongly suggest you don't, um, <laughs> stick, to, stick with fish, please. Um, well, and I think a lot of that also has to do with climate. You live in southern Florida, yeah. which is a tropical climate year-round, and you can keep things that even I, I live in the south, but not the south yeah. like you do i mean i'm just below the mason dixon line I, I it gets cold where i'm at i oh, couldn't yeah. keep some of the things i mean that last year we had a a spike i saw and i i'm pretty sure i posted it on instagram but it was 31 degrees when i woke up one morning and that was the coldest i've ever had it in florida and i i grew up only an hour south where i am now so it's like I woke up and went outside and like there was frost on the grass and I was like, <laughs> "What is going on?" I'm a is this the apocalypse? True Florida, South Florida boy and I don't do cold. So, um, are the zombies coming? <laughs> yeah, like it was weird. But um, but no, I mean, I mean, all my venomous stuff is in a building, like in um, I guess what you'd call mother-in-law suite. So it's like the little house attached to the main house, right? Um, you know, and that's they all pretty much live in there. But I have that has central AC in there and everything and heat, so I don't have to worry about anything like that. But I mean. Like, I keep the tortoises outside year-round, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it just varies. But, like, even still, like, compared to what I used to do when I started YouTube to what I do now with, like, even handling the snakes, like, I don't do half the – more – way more than half the – <laughs> I should replete that. Way more than half the stuff that I used to do. Just because, well, one, I have children now that, you know, depend on me. So that's one huge part of it. But it's like – I've been handling venomous for so long that I don't, there's other ways around to handling them now. So it's like, yes, there are some snakes that I have to handle a certain way, but I won't do it on camera because I know it makes the hobby look bad. So like that's 15 that's, foot King Cobra, for example. 
Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's terrifying to even think about. <laughs> but you're also, you know, I'm I'm feeding fish and doing water changes. Which I hate, by the way. You? I absolutely hate water changes. Oh. With the passion. Oh, well, I mean. I have, wait, wait. So I have a 260 gallon, the paludarium, I have no idea. And then I have 320 longs, and then my daughter's 10 gallon. And I have, I'm working on another paludarium now. And I absolutely hate doing water <laughs> changes on all of them. He'll maintain a zoo, but he hates water changes. Well, oh, mind you, with the exception of my daughter's 10-gallon fish tank and upstairs in her bedroom, which I had to literally fist fight my wife for to get a fish <laughs> tank in the house. Actually, she didn't know. I kind of just did it, and she was very mad. But anyway. Easier um, to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah. We know well, that. I spray painted it to match your room. It was all, like, pink and coral color, so it was great. Or it was coral color and then, the, like, some weird teal color. Whatever. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely hate doing water changes. Well, they're not fun. I mean, you know, us weirdos in the aquarium hobby would call them therapeutic. I would probably hate scraping out snake cages and stuff. I mean. I so much easier and faster. Well, okay. <laughs> but but you, what I was getting at, though, when you're doing that, you have to show it the right way. Or when you're handling that animal, you have to show it the right way. You have the responsibility of showing it right because people can die doing what you do. Oh, yeah. Every day. And that's, no, ain't nobody dying feeding Oscars. <laughs> you know? Very true. Cutting Very up true. a couple of shrimp and putting them in there. You know, anybody risking their lives doing what I do. Yeah. So that's a lot of responsibility for you. I mean No, I mean it it is. I mean even just the feedings. The feedings are obviously the most dangerous. You know, the snakes are in a whole different mindset when they smell rats in the room. Um I mean actually I I wanna say my third video ago, I don't know how you'd say that, but I was feeding snakes and I haven't posted a snake feeding in year in like at least a year. Or no, it was over that almost two years because I feel like our particular genre of YouTube was just kind of flooded with venomous snake feeding for a while, so I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. But I did one because I hadn't posted on YouTube in a while, as you know. Um, and one of my forest cobras, I literally had the glass of the cage open that much. That's it, that much. And I had the rat in there and it was open just enough for the tongs to kind of slide through. This forest cobra was on the other side of the cage. I tapped him with the rat so he'd see it and turn and go bite it. Nope, I tapped him with the rat and he went right out the cage. And I had my hand, because I know forest cobras are the most psycho snakes I have. I literally slammed the door shut with his head out of it and it stopped because of the tongs. Oh. Like, it would have killed him, but like, my foot was right there, my hand was right even there closer. So, like, it, it's simple thing, like, and it was just a Tuesday night. I was feeding right. my snakes and I could have went to the hospital from one of the worst snakes I have. And it was like, they're just. See, that. That is terrifying. I mean, it, I've seen you handle snakes. I've seen Chandler, I've seen a lot of Chandler's videos. Do you know Chandler? Yeah. I, I don't know him. I actually started my whole YouTube career as Chandler's videographer. Is that right? Yes, I was Chandler's videographer. Um, All these years I've known you, I never four, knew that. Four years ago now, I'd say. Um, and then uh, he was like, oh, you should start your own YouTube channel. So I did, and it started getting successful, and then that was pretty much it. That's. I'm surprised I didn't know that by now, but I've watched a lot of his videos handling snakes. And it, the handling part is really fun to watch. I personally can't handle the feeding. I'm, I'm a softie. 
you I mean, everything we live, feed is though, no, no, it's all frozen throughout. Now I do because my collection is so mad, like so big. I do breed rodents um, because I have a lot, like all the tree vipers I have. Those really pretty green, and yellow ones and stuff like that. I have a lot of those. I am kind of leaning towards those more lately, just because I can stick them in the vivariums and things. Um, so they all eat pinkies, and some of them eat, you know, twice a week. So rat pinkies are very expensive to buy. So I breed my own rats literally just for those. Um, if I don't have time to like defrost one, I will pull a live one out, but I don't film that stuff because and it's, I'm not, it's not what I'm not here to show animals getting right. tortured essentially, but like most just, of the time I will freeze them. So, you know, they, I still have to defrost them like I would the, the bought ones, but yeah. I'm the same guy that won't feed feeder goldfish to fish i mean i'm just I'm actually actually like we that. had talked about that on one of your live streams once i jumped on a live stream you were talking Probably. about that yeah i mean and, and i'm i'm against that for a lot of reasons yeah. but i also don't like seeing a cute that's not yours is it no that's mine that is yours that is mine i know my son's cry <laughs> <laughs> we can't see this child but he knows yeah, that our, that's my it. son who just turned one is crying in the background <laughs> um there's a lot of reasons why i don't feed feeders and i'm against it but yeah. But one of the reasons is I don't like watching that happen. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what you do, feeding, you know, you got to feed your snakes what they need to be fed. Yeah. I'm just saying I couldn't do it. No, understandable. And that's one of the, like, like if I could get a snake to eat hard boiled eggs, I would have a snake. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, I got a question for you. So I have, I have a Mata Mata turtle and I have, which is one of those turtles that look like a big leaf. You've yep. probably seen them before. They're yeah. really, really yeah. cool. Um, and then I have a peacock bass, right? I go get shiners for them once a week because for whatever reason, this peacock bass I had since it was a, the, my neighbor, my neighbor's grandkids caught it and asked if they could put it in the tank with the Fly River Turtle. So I said, yeah, sure, no problem. This peacock bass is like this big now, right? He's, uh, he's, he's she, or I think it's a female. She's yeah, getting up get there. they get big fast. Yeah. What can I feed her besides shiners? Because I really hate going and spending $50 a week on You're shiners. buying shiners at like a bait shop? Yeah, because I don't know what else to get her. <laughs> See, the there's two angles to look at it here. For mm. one, the problem I have is it's mean, and then there's the the potential for illness. Yeah, I mean because especially at a bait shop, those it's like that water is so cold and it's always that blue color. And Mark told me it's some chemical to help methylene like blue or something. It's yeah, methylene or, blue. It there is the chance that there could be some type of parasite or something like yeah i mean there's a chance with everything what what i would do in your situation and people would say well what if they won't eat it well eventually when the fish is hungry enough they're gonna eat it yeah not they're not unlike any of your other animals so what i would do is thaw out frozen shrimp like cocktail shrimp yeah. um every single monster fish which a peacock bass is Wait, 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 wait. I got, I, one, one quick question. Are channel catfish monster fish? Yes. How big do they get? Way too big for any of your tanks. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll get to that in a second. Go ahead, finish. Sorry. At least I think. I, I, <laughs> I'm not fluent with catfish, but but yeah, they're they're big ones. Okay. Um, but even the peacock bass, like your biggest tank is six feet? Yeah. You know, there's even some people that would give you crap for well, that. Well, I do have a pond that... I figured it's eventually going to go into. And being in Florida, you, you'd be able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, I I would do shrimp. I would yeah, buy frozen shrimp. 
I feed my bikers that. You might call them bichers. I don't know if you are familiar with those fish. They look like alligators, but they're they're not. They're fish. Um, I'll show you pictures after okay. we're done here. <laughs> they're the coolest fish I own. Yeah. Um, I feed them shrimp and my Oscar shrimp, and I've had peacock bass. I've had every kind of monster fish, and they always do well yeah. with either cut up tilapia, just buy frozen fillets. Yeah. Just chop them up. Them. Uh, so if there was an alternative like that for snakes and my wife didn't hate snakes i'd probably have one actually there, there is something that had just come out i want to say it was like a year or two ago they're making uh what are they called they're calling them like snake dogs or snake sausages or something now it's literally it looks like a hot dog that's and hilarious so you can get your snakes to apparently eat them I've, I've heard of them i haven't seen them yet but it's i don't know it's, it's a bit much for me sounds like it'd be uh rather pricey it, probably but hey it's an alternative than feeding them rats i mean but you know what what you're doing is working and in your industry and in your hobby that is accepted that's what everybody does which is why i'm saying there ain't nothing wrong with it but just me personally it's why i can't keep some of those animals because yeah. i'm i'm just a big <laughs> baby like that I, <laughs> but you also to get back to your fancy animals if it were not for you, I would not be able to tell everybody that will ever listen to me that I held a skunk. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I, <laughs> that what Oreo, you can't tell on camera because he's sitting down. Will is a giant, and he can be quite intimidating. What are you, 6'9"? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. 6'10", if my back doesn't hurt that day. <laughs> I'm six feet when my back doesn't hurt. Uh, I'm in the media lounge, media booth at Aquashella, and I turn and look, and he's looking at me going like this. And I had no idea what he wanted, but Will's a big man, and you do what he says. And I went and followed you. You took me into your booth and handed me a skunk. It was one of the best things of my life. Yeah, you, you, uh, you, you could have been Santa Claus that day. Your cheeks got so it red, was, you were so happy. <laughs> it was amazing. How many people can say they've held a skunk? It, it was really, really cool. And you were, there was rumors that you were going to have an owl here. Yeah, I was, I was going to try uh, to bring my sister. Um, she's always been into birds of prey and she, uh, she has an owl. It's a spectacle owl from South America. Um, and she was going to uh, loan it to us to our zoo for a while and I just didn't have time over the past two weeks to go down to her house to pick it, it up and the cage because I had to take up the cage and bring it to our place and I just didn't have time so unfortunately I didn't bring the owl this time but the next show I should probably have an owl so I somebody else should come with you <laughs> <laughs> I asked him we were originally going to do these in my hotel room yeah and I was like could you like bring the owl and perch him somewhere and be there for the whole show and you were yeah. like yeah but it didn't work out i'm not going to hold that against I, was, you. I almost brought our uh our blue and gold macaw too but no, then that. i was like man the kids plus the macaw in the hotel room squealing yeah maybe not so we we sided against it and then uh our, our good friend actually was like because i have to do a, a thing in the kids corner so they had asked me to do a 30 minutes each day uh, with an animal so i was like all right we asked our good friend if i could borrow he's bringing a bunch of animals if i could borrow one of his and he's like yeah sure no problem so which it makes it easier for me especially since i have both kids <laughs> nice well and now 
on the topic of your skunk, what is your skunk's name? That one was Oreo. Oreo. We have Walter as well. Walters, they're both uh, the black and white striped skunks. You, you didn't just pick those skunks up off the street. No, they were rescues. Or one was a owner surrender, the other one was a rescue. So do you have specific permits or anything for that or can you just keep a skunk? Um, in Florida, uh, anything like that, the small mammals and stuff, most of them you need a permit for, uh, like raccoons, they're all foxes, they're all under the same permit, um, which is weird because for possums you don't need a permit. Put the mic a little closer to you. Might you got a deep voice, but I'm just trying to protect the people here. <laughs> no, so in Florida, um, all the small mammals are under usually one permit. Um, and then like raccoons, the foxes, the skunks, but then the possums, for some reason, you don't need a permit for. Anybody can own a possum, which is weird, but- Do you have a possum? No. Oh. We, we, my wife wants one because they are adorable, but- We have, we have two that we could uh, yeah. send down well, to Well, they you. only live like three years. They don't live that long. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they don't live, they're not a very long animal and they cannot carry rabies if you didn't know that either. I did not know that. Yeah. Their blood I'm, cannot actually sustain the disease for rabies. I've never gotten close to, enough to one to talk to them about it. Well, so. everybody always thinks they have rabies because their gums are really, really light in color, and they're always like, <laughs> so. But yeah, they, they actually can't <laughs> carry it. Um, it. It surprises me. I got a buddy that's that's here right now walking around that owns a fish store up near where I live, the the finest aquarium store on earth. And you I will say that to times, anybody. Right? Huh? You filmed there a few times yeah. already, right? I thought so. Okay. I I, I've as, seen it. as a matter of fact, I did a podcast just like this with him a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay, okay. He owns a two-toed sloth. And when he first told me he was getting one, I was like, You're, you can't do that. You can't <laughs> just go get a sloth. Actually, like, two-toads are very common in the exotic industry. It was like that. Yep. He had one. And her name's Bellatrix. And I love her. And she's awesome. And, but it was like, how do you get a sloth? And he's like, you just go to the internet and, and it, you find the people and do you have, you don't have a sloth. No, I don't have a sloth. Not yet. Eventually we'll probably have one, but. What a, what a fascinating animal that is. Oh, but they it, really are. It just surprises me that some animals like that are, are easy to get. If I were to tell you that sloths are actually very dangerous, would you believe me? Oh no, I, he's told me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like don't underestimate Their them. Their bites can, are horrid like a hot knife through butter if you were to get bit by a sloth yes and their claws are so sharp they could literally slit your throat in seconds without people realizing that he he told me that and uh and i still wasn't afraid i was like <laughs> i was trying to hold it is <laughs> nobody's been able to hold her yet oh but i was able to feed her by hand and she even eats slow. It's so oh, yeah, funny. So slow. They are very slow. They but can move when they want to. She like does a little nose rub with mm -hmm. Mark, nose to nose. I tried to do that. She didn't want any part of that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm absolutely fascinated by animals like that that you're not supposed to be able to see and pet. So I want so badly to come down to your place. I don't know how many of them I'd be able to touch, but. I want you could probably touch a lot of our animals except for the snakes of course uh, <laughs> I, I want to keep my marriage so i don't know that i'd want to touch them <laughs> anyway but uh but no i mean we've been talking about it for years how how far are you from here uh three hours from here three hours farther south yeah of course yeah so that means i'm 
yeah, anyway, <laughs> maybe make a plan for it next year. Pretty sure that's what I told you last year. I think actually, yeah, you did. So you got to drive. That's the thing. Well, and I, I already drove 10 hours here. Oh, you did drive this time? Yeah. Oh, see. And about halfway down, I was like, this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Should have flown. Lisa's <laughs> flying, but um, your is your like, is your zoo just like open to the public? People can not you yet. Live there. So yeah, no, we live there, but um, we have to still get our USDA license to be able to open to the public. So USDA pretty much there's you know the state laws and then there's usda laws that you have to abide by so uh we still need to get that in order to get open to the public um which is actually a harder process than getting the permits themselves from the state um because you have to apply you have to come out and get inspected if you don't pass then you can't technically open to the public um so usda kind of runs the the zoo world for that they have their again their own laws and regulations for everything um, so once we get that, then we'll be fully open. Like I can do reptile tours and stuff right now, um, which we did start doing them for a little bit when we first got going, but I put it off on hold for the past, I don't know, probably eight months now, just because I've had a lot of stuff going on, personal stuff in my life. So, um, but we're hoping to start doing reptile tours again um, at the beginning of next year. And then hopefully by the middle of next year, get our USDA to be able to do full tours. So. But I also wanted to get more built too. That was like a whole thing because I just spent $10,000 building our tortoise enclosure. So <laughs> I saw that. It's very impressive. And that's another. I could see myself in one of those. In fact, Lisa posted on Instagram a couple weeks ago at my buddy Mark's shop, herself holding a little sulcata, just the most adorable little thing. Oh, you guys have the property for it now. Uh, and and our property's sand, so they would love that. But you just got to bring them in during winter. Just got to remember, they get they are the third largest tortoise in the world, so they get big. That's the one problem with those. You know, they're the, those are the most rescued animals in the world, more than cats and dogs. Really, most abandoned and most rescued is sulcata tortoises, because people sell them for twenty dollars when they're the size of a quarter. But they become the third largest tortoise in the world. Wow. I've seen a lot of Kenan's videos. Um, and then I've seen him do a couple of videos. He went out to a guy in like Arizona, I want to say it is. Yeah. With the tortoises that are the size of Volkswagens. Yep. And I was like, and I, those are sulcatas too, aren't they? Yeah. That is outrageous. There, so, there's yeah. a place um, out in Phoenix called the Phoenix Herb Society. Um, and they have acres and acres and they're, they've like dug pens. caves and stuff. Yeah, of tortoise pens and they have thousands of sulcatas because they literally will take them in from all over the, the country basically because people buy them, they get too big, they don't know how to properly take care of them. Um, you know, so they're they reptile. Are, they're, they're prone for certain things and if they don't have the right, like the one we have, the big one we have, Chipmunk, um, you know, we took him in from a friend who rescued him a year before, and we named him Chipmunk because his cheeks were huge like a chipmunk's, right? That's not normal. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Come to find out the guy fed this thing nothing but dog food for 30 years. So I'm shocked his shell wasn't more deformed because that's a huge part of their nutrition. Um, but yeah, he had built up, and the, the vets didn't even know what it was, really. It was just like a fatty, nasty like 
tissue in his cheeks that I had to pay almost seven grand to get removed and they still couldn't get all of it out because it was so woven into his muscle tissue and everything. Still want to start your own zoo, kids? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. madness. So now, it was four surgeries and about seven grand for him geez. to have all these surgeries. So sulcatas are the common placostomus of the reptile world, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess is the best way to say it. I mean, yeah. The other thing is, it's an animal that can live like 100 years. Yeah. Or 80 years yeah, or whatever daughters, it is. Yeah, my daughters, my son, my daughter, my daughters, um, they'll, you know, they'll take over these, most of these animals. Even macaws. Macaws live to be 80, 90 years old. So, like, my one blue and gold Rio, you know, my daughter will have him when I'm too old to do this stuff. So, And that's, Lisa wanted to buy that sulcata that day. Oh, it sure. wasn't $25. It was, I think it was like 180 Well. But it was, you know, it wasn't the size of a quarter. It was a it good was a size. a little bit older. And uh, she wanted to take it home that day because she's the most impulsive person in the world. Tell her to start with a red foot tortoise. They well, only get about this big. But I told her, I'm like, listen, we have five great kids. Yeah. But none of them are interested in anything that we do as far as animals go. Yeah. You know, they come to the house, they pet the cats, they pet the dogs, and they're like, okay, I'm over that. Yeah. So what are we going to do with the with this tortoise that can, it's going to 100% outlive us. Yeah. I don't mind the getting huge part. Grand That's cool. Grandkids. <laughs> I hope. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll be into them, but I don't know. That's the only thing. But we do... We have lean-tos on our barn that would be a perfect place. Yeah. And then can bring them in in the wintertime. It's it's no big deal. I mean, um, I think there's a good chance we may end up with I one. mean, mind you, you know, they take – at 10 years old, they're probably, uh, say, a little bit bigger than a basketball. Um, you know, 20 years old, you're looking at probably around 50 pounds, six, 50 to 60 pounds. And then once they start hitting like 30 to 40 years old, that's when they get up to 100 pounds. Yeah. Wow. So. What about snakes? How long do snakes live? Oh, God, that varies on species and kind. And The cobras. I'm fascinated by um, the cobras. Some cobras can live for 10 years. Some can live for 20 years. So. Okay. Like, and then going back to like ball pythons, their average lifespan is like 20 years, but there are some cases where they live like 25 years. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, so are there animals that you have that we haven't talked about? We talked about the skunk, foxes, tortoise, snakes. I have turtles. I have alligator snapping turtle, fly river turtle, um, mata mata turtle, uh, pink bellied side neck turtle, and a Cuban slider. And then I also have crocodiles. I have a, oh yeah, there's that there's too. There's that too, um, <laughs> and caimans and alligators. So crocodilian in in, in a hole, crocodilian. Um, I have a Cuban Nile hybrid. Uh, her name's Carnage. I'm actually about to part ways with her because she's getting uh, too big for the amount of property we have. One of the uh, FWC laws, um, you have to have a certain amount of property for a certain size crocodile. So she's getting to the four foot mark, and I've had her since she was a baby. So it breaks my heart, but. But she is going literally right down the street to my buddy's place who has five acres. Oh, that's perfect. And then he, he said, you know, whenever I get the property and I can take her back, that he will no problem give her back to me. Um, I have a baby Nile crocodile um, that I've had for four or five months now. Uh, a couple Did baby you do a video getting that? Yes. I think I saw that. Yeah, his name is Scott, um, who, after my buddy who gave him to me. 
um, baby alligator, and then I have two baby caimans as well. Uh, one Snyder's dwarf caiman and one Cuvier's dwarf caiman. So them I'll be able to keep forever because they're ma if it's a female, they max out at like four feet. They're tiny little caimans. Uh, the males max out like four and a half, five feet. So which if their inspectors are cool with it, sometimes they'll let you keep them. So pays to know the right people. It does. <laughs> but that's part of those water changes I have to do because all this, all the baby baby stuff is inside in oh. my um, what I, my, my vivarium room, basically. Um, so those are those 20 gallons. So when I do a water change on all the other stuff, I'm like, ah, I might as well do it on them too. So, Well, I, I really do mean it. Lisa and I, at some point in our life, <laughs> we're going to do a whole tour of Florida. We're going to go down to the fish farms and like Homestead and stuff yeah. like that. We can come and see you. There's a lot of stops we can make in Florida. So I got to take you on an airboat. If you go down to Homestead, I'm taking you on an airboat. Oh, I'm all in on that. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Lisa, I don't know. But me, yeah, we'll go. Tell her that I'll make it do 360. She'll be okay. <laughs> Tell her it's just like a roller coaster ride. Go through like the Everglades and see the alligators and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely want to do that. And, uh, you know. North Carolina allows Floridians to come up there too. Oh, I'm just I know. saying. You know, it's funny. We were gonna we were talking about doing a road trip soon because you know my daughter Coral, she dying to see snow. And when I when I was about her age, my mom drove me up to North Carolina to see snow for the first time. Um, I did a snow angel, then got back in the car and said, "Okay, let's go home." That's uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. That's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, actually, we were talking about in December doing a road trip. And I was, you know, we were talking about it like two months ago. And I was like, oh, we stopped to see you guys. Stop to see my buddy Jeremy, who's also in North Carolina. Um, and then after a while, my wife's like, because our, our end trip was going to be bar checks. And we were going to go up there and see see the Legacy Aquarium and everything. I can't wait and then to my go wife's and like, see that. Why don't we just fly up there? <laughs> and I was like, well, that takes the, the road trip part. But she had a very good point. I've never driven on snow before. <laughs> so I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, and there's also, you have two little, little kids. Yeah. And yeah, flying on a plane with them may be miserable, but it's miserable for an hour and a half to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, from here, maybe maybe no, four yeah, hours. Like, no, it's like two hours, two hour okay. flight. Okay. Yeah. That's a New lot York, easier. Well, no, to New York, I know it's three hour flight. So Michigan is probably two and a half hours. Yeah. That's a whole lot easier than two days in the car. Yeah, exactly. So, well, it'd be longer because it'd be stopping to see this friend, stopping to see that friend. Very true. Yeah. So I think I think your wife's right in yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> but we'd love to have you up there. I I know how it is to have little kids. I've got grandkids your kids' age, so trust me, I know. But uh, <laughs> but just do know the invitation's always there. Thank you. Thank Not you. Not as many cool things to see at my place as there is yours. But I like nature, so well, I'm okay with just the land there's plenty of that and and i will tell you the other night i went out in my yard it was like 10 o'clock at night did i already tell you this i didn't tell it to you on a podcast so it doesn't matter <laughs> i have a cemetery in my yard because north carolina yeah and i'm standing out next to the cemetery and there's three very loud owls just going off and they're not screaming at each other but they're talking to each other one's on that end of the property the other's over here i can tell exactly what trees they're in yeah and it was really cool, and then it was kind of weird because yeah. it's 10 o'clock at night. There's no light. Yeah, and all you hear is them. It's very dark. I'm standing right next to a cemetery, and all I hear is the owls. Creep me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. With Halloween coming up and everything. <laughs> I said, 
that's enough. That was cool. All I wanted to do was be able to decipher where they were coming from. Yeah. Because obviously I couldn't see them. If you if you go out during when the sun is going down, right before it goes down, and you can see kind of you know the skyline of the trees, you can always see the owls because they'll sit at the top of the trees. You'll see them because they probably horned owls and stuff like that are the ones out at that time because barred owls don't usually make those noises. But you go out there and you'll see the little round head with two little. It basically looks like Batman sitting on top of a tree. Yep. yep. So if you if you know how to spot them, you can usually spot them that way. I haven't seen one up at the top of the tree. I've heard them, but we've seen one land in our neighbor's yard and it was terrifying. It was humongous. Oh yeah. I had no, I'm like, that's a dinosaur. Yeah, the great horned owls and stuff like that, they get huge. It was massive. Yeah. Lisa saw it first and then I was driving by and saw it as, yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's fascinating, but it's also kind of scary. But yeah. your family is calling. You've yeah. got moves to make here. It's nap time. For the little yeah, one, my my son needs to take a nap, and I believe me understand. And I got the importance lots of, of that, things to do <laughs> today, apparently, including scaping a tank that's yeah, sitting right here next to me. Yeah, you can't see it off camera, but so, but this has been a lot of fun. We've been talking about it for months. I'm glad we were able to do yes. it, and eventually, I'm going to make it down there and check out your your place. You can check out his place in the description. All of his links to everything will be down in there: Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, we got to have a talk about him YouTube, uh, uploading on YouTube more, but you can see what getting, he's got. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I got two videos filmed. Just need to edit them and get them up. So They're really good videos. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> he's an easy guy to follow around and watch what he's doing. So check that out. And uh, thank you for doing this, man. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Busy man. <laughs> means a lot. Thank you. No problem.